a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Gymnastics podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. 1981's Graduation Day is a classic type of slasher movie, riding the crest of the wave of films like Halloween and Friday the 13th. It features a bit of nudity, a bit of violence, a bit of sex. Nubile teenagers who are a bit younger, possibly, than the actors are. Uh, are. And, um, and if film which central premise revolves around a holiday which kind of makes the serial killer go mad and starts killing people in this case graduation day although um you know that's not, not such a, a holiday as such you know it's not like halloween or or thanksgiving it's far more like um you know but it's still a, a notable day for for, for many uh, people as they leave high school the film was a success as well, really kind of cashing in on the, on, on the, the trailblaze that Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween had done, uh, but not bef- but but you know before people had got bored of it, it grossed twenty four million dollars off a budget of only a quarter of a million. The perfect kind of horror ratio, I suppose. Make it quick and then sell a lot of them. And although the film was well, did well considering it was fairly well poorly received. Actually, not very, not very, very well received at all when it was first released. Um, it does, however, now have a, a bit of a cult following thanks to uh, releases on VHS, DVD, and now Blu-ray. There are two hundred seniors at Midvale High, and seven days till graduation. Class of 81 is going out in style, and they're having the time of their life. It's been a great year for Midvale High. The track team finished first in the state. Then again, Midvale always produces winners. Sally Prescott is the top gymnast in the school. She plans to go to college in the fall. Cast off won five cross-country events in the past year. She jogs to school every morning. Ralph Johnson is the football team's star halfback. Pete McFarlane set the state record in the pole vault. Tony and Dolores were king and queen of the prom. The class of 81's being fitted for caps and gowns and coffins. There's 200 seniors at Midvale High and seven days till graduation. Too bad there'll be no one to celebrate with.
graduation day. So the story, as is, is about a, a high school uh, girls' boss who uh, graduates on the on the track meet, and it's done in slow motion as Laura Ramstad uh, from Midvale High is pushed to the point of collapsing and dying from a coach, Coach Michaels. We'll flash forward to two months later, and Anne, who's uh, her older sister, returns from. Um, from the Navy in order to kind of attend the graduation ceremony in her honour after obviously what was seen as tragic death. There's uh, an element of thought that the coach has obviously, um, if not killed her, then been responsible for the, the, the girl's death through uh, neglect and negligence. So, you know, pushing her too hard is the way it's put. While all of this goes on, uh, a killer with a stopwatch who uh, starts at 30 seconds, um, goes around murdering uh, other members of the uh, track team. And those killers are done a lot of time with a sword, but uh, but there's other means as well, including um, a character called Ralph, who's impaled by a metal spike. In the end, we have the reveal uh, on the day of graduation, uh, of the graduation party. And um, the, uh, the murder is revealed, which I won't give away because, uh, you know, you've got to get some pleasures out of these things and it's not really invo- valuably important to who it was. Um, and we kind of have a, a fake scare at the end of the film, which feels a bit off. And uh, we're all done. The film itself is, uh, is, well, I mean, it has some notable elements to it. Mainly um, fans of uh, 80 screen queens will be pleased to see Lena Quigley uh, with her, in, a, in true style with her, her top uh, popping open um, to reveal her boobs um, while being chased by a murderer, which is uh, probably the... Um, the exact kind of thing that people, you know, you, you, it's, it's almost exactly what you what you're paying for, really, with this kind of film, and it's certainly a film that tries to deliver. Quickly, of course, known as as I say, as an '80s screen queen, appearing in things like um, most notably Silent Night, Deadly Night, Savage Streets, and um, I think Return of the Living Dead as a punk was uh, probably the film that kind of gave her the notoriety. Although she also appeared in Sorority Babes. In the slime ball, Bolarama, or also known as uh, the Imp, if you're uh, if you're of that age, um, to remember the VHS. And as I say, um, you know, she she fulfills exactly the kind of thing you expect from uh, those kind of <laughs> these kind of films, shall we say? As with lots of these kind of films, these kind of movies, um, the reality is it's it's always the teachers who are probably more interesting though than the uh, than the kids who tend to be unknown. <laughs> so we see uh, Christopher George. Who um, famous character actor who plays this um, the, the, the the football the sports coach who obviously appeared in small off Broadway shows um, but also um, appearing in Bewitched was a biggie for him and um, El Dorado with John Wayne and Chisholm. And also being kind of known as Dart between acting and um, the armed forces as well. 
also uh, Michael Pataki, who is a, an American character actor again and voice actor who um, appeared in variety of bits of TV, you know, lots of TV spots, um, you know, uh, and also um, Airport 77, uh, Rocky Four. And a variety of uh, B movies, well, you know, B movies, directed videos, films such as uh, Dead Buried, which we've already discussed in um, the Video Nasties podcast, and Halloween Four, which we will not discuss in the Video Nasties podcast. But um, and then he does some voice work, uh, voice actor work as well, like in Batman and all this kind of stuff. So he, he's, um, you know, when you see him, you'll recognise him. Let's put it that way. So yeah, the film was um, created in pre-production in 1980, um, began filming at in, in, in the end of the year then and kind of came out in 1981. It was uh, rushed out, in fairness, uh, and uh, but started small, but then actually grew to quite a big theatrical course, about $24 million, as said. Um, and it unfortunately kind of received though unfavorable reviews. Uh, the Washington Post said it was badly acted and shot on variable quality stock footage, which is variable quality like a film footage, which is fair enough. It was cheaply done. Uh, the Los Angeles Times said it was lecherous, which to be fair, a point it is, and uh, hokey, uh, which again is fair enough, <laughs> and that it looked cheap as well, which again I'm not arguing with. The film um, itself, as well, was um, was notable for um, some. Well, aside from its, you know, notable for its nudity and its, its violence, including some some fairly okay, although as we said, it's quite hokey uh, gore scenes. And um, but also known for um, scenes, uh, uh, an incredible, uh, to be honest with you, uh, party scene for the graduation, which is a roller disco, obviously very big at the time slash gig now the music's actually written by uh, the, the composer of the film is actually uh, Arthur Kemple who has worked on um, various stuff over the years um, working on music departments for films you may well have seen such as Casper and uh, Mystery Men and Double Impact but also composer for some TV such as Tiny Toon Adventures and Diagnosis Murder etc and at the uh, 1980s Twilight Zone revival but the uh, the music that you probably remember if you watch it is from a band called Felony who play a, a song in this party uh, scene when everyone's roller, roller discoing and the killer is loose um, Felony were a new wave rock band um, from the 70s through to the 90s and they actually were signed after being in this film. Um, playing. So they played this song called Gangsters of Rock on graduation day. And then signed with uh, Don Rubin um, and um, kind of released their debut album afterwards called The Fanatic. Um, and The Fanatic did okay-ish. And the band continued kind of chugging on. For uh, up to up to the nineties, as I say, the um, the 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 graduation day party is a bit of a what the fuck kind of moment. It feels so completely different to how um, I am pretty sure how kids reacted back then, but also uh, how people would <laughs> react now as well. Uh, to, so it feels really hokey and, and weird. Um, 
the film does benefit from having an element of being able to, I wouldn't say it, it subverts the final girl um, trope but what it does is make the final girl in it, uh, who I won't say who it is but it's pretty fucking clear from the start to be honest with you um, it makes that person um, very handy indeed and indeed the uh, our murderer is uh, is unable to get anywhere um, nearer and uh, gets the, gets their arse handed to them repeatedly uh, through some uh, handy kung fu kicks and uh, an arse kicking. Um, bearing in mind, obviously, you know, pretty much the entire cast is meant to be you know fit, healthy, uh, active, and able to look after themselves. So it's. Um, it's refreshing, therefore, that the final girl is there. Uh, it, it doesn't kind of like hide in a closet, scream, and kind of like get away uh, magically, but is able to front up the the, the killer. And although, obviously, um, you know, it appears that she has not been, she's got not got away from the, the, the mental scars of the event, uh, as as alluded to by the the shock um, jump, uh, fake scare, a fake out scare at the end of the film. Um, nonetheless. She is um, still a, 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 a you know a strong woman, which in fairness makes it kind of kind of cool. <laughs> uh, although let's not pretend this is some kind of feminist uh, treaty. Bearing in mind, as we said before, uh, Lena Quigley's um, top just popping open in a boot, pop falling out. Um, fairly, you know, must only be about fifteen minutes before that scene. The film is a. Um, was really kind of made by a guy called Herb Freed, who uh, co-wrote it with uh, co-wrote it with Anne Maurice, but also produced and directed the film. Herb started his life as an ordained rabbi uh, before becoming uh, and became the spiritual leader of a uh, temple in uh, New York State. He finally came into producing directors shows and uh, um, originally for the stage for shifting over to movie direction and actually made fifteen movies. Uh, unsurprisingly, now he's trying to sell his. Um, you know, he no longer creates um, films anymore. Uh, the last film he made was in was called Paradise Lost in twenty fourteen. So he's made fifteen films. Uh, Variety of horror and action, um, including obviously Graduation Day from a horror point of view, Haunts from 1977, and the John Saxon movie Beyond Evil as well from 1980. Um, if you're thinking about which one, if, if any of them we're doing, Beyond Evil is probably the best out of the three, uh, although not enough to get too wildly excited about, but still fairly, fairly watchable. And here, but currently, is uh, in the process of trying to. Uh, it sells his book, which he's published, uh, and uh, it's on his website. So if you search for Herb Freed, uh, you can find out a little bit more about what he's up to these days. So the film was um, released in 1982 on IFS VHS in the UK and was seized by police. Um, it was then re-released in uh, 1986. Uh, Uncut uh, on VHS by VPD. It made it to Hollywood uh, DVD on 2003. And then 2014, 88 Films released it um, on Region Zero uh, on DVD and Blu-ray. So it's available on both. And the Vinegar Syndrome Region 1 Blu-ray and DVD combo is, uh, I would argue, probably the, the best version of the film currently with all the extras on, etc. 
So if you fancy it, but you know, if you just want to see the film, it's available currently on Amazon Prime for now. So uh, you know, save your pennies if you if you if you so wish. If you're not a fan of uh, these kind of mid-tier slasher movies, so the film does kind of. Um, does what it needs to do and i think that's probably why it was successful it offers as we said all the elements that you expect from a film like this right down to the um the fact it's hosted on a you know a, 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 a monumental day a momentous day and um and ultimately like a lot of horror films if it fills this genre's expectations you have then you know you can't be too down on it can you so, yeah, and uh, as I've said, one of many slashes that we're going to uh, go through in on the region, on the Section 3 list, and indeed there's plenty of uh, slashes on the uh, the Section 2 list as well, for that matter. Son of a bitch. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonassispodcast at gmail.com. You can go to the website, videonassispodcast.com, or on the lasthorrorpodcast.com and leave a message on any of those uh, websites. Or you can get me on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey. Um, I am anticipating that there will be another podcast out next week which will be Massacre Mafia style. Uh, so we get to talk about Duke Mitchell. Fantastic. One of, one of the, uh, the great uh, B-movie auteurs. Um, also, just on an off note, if you want uh, apologies, if the web, if you were looking for early episodes of the website, on the website, on the, well, you could get them on the website, but on the feed, um, there was a settings issue on uh, PowerPress. Uh, it defaults to 100 maximum f- f- podcasts. I don't know why. And as we know, we are now past the 100 mark. So I, uh, I had to change the settings. I only just realised today. I think we, we missed a couple. Anyway, if you were looking for the original two, I think it was Anthropopagus the Beast and the introduction episode. They're both now online again. So you can listen to it at ease from Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Uh, I don't know why TuneIn isn't working. I don't really care. Fuck TuneIn. Um, but it just means it's, you know you can't use your smart speaker to listen to us. But fuck, Jesus, you know what I mean? Um, I remember these days when it was all fields around here and you had to download your podcast to your iPod. Halcyon days. Um, anyway, um, as I say, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll try and get another one out next week. Um, also, uh, hope you are all okay and well. Um, everything's a bit crazy at the moment, uh, more so than normal. Um, so hopefully um, you're um, looking after yourselves and people who you love are well and you're all together and cool. Um, and we are 
despite what our rich capitalist overlords pretend actually all humans and all in it together. So until next time, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film